The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 19th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our Gospel this evening comes from John, chapter 19, verses uh, verses 17 through 30, and can be found on page 1684 of your Pew Bible. John records, Carrying his own cross... He went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. And there they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side, and Jesus in the middle. Pilate had a notice prepared and fastened to the cross. It read, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews, many of the Jews read this sign for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city and the sign was written in Aramaic Latin and Greek and the chief priests of the Jews protested to Pilate do not write the king of the Jews but that this man claimed to be king of the Jews and Pilate answered what I have written I have written. And when the soldiers crucified Jesus, they took his clothes and they dividing them into four shares, one for each of them with the undergarment remaining. Now this garment was seamless, woven in one piece from top and to bottom. Let's not tear it, they said to one another. Let's decide by lot who will get it. Now this happened that the scripture might be fulfilled that said they divided my clothes among them and cast lots for my garments. So this is what the soldiers did. And near the cross of Jesus stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, He said to her, Woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, Here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there. So they soaked a sponge in it, and they put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. And with that, he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. This is the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. So this coming Sunday will be Easter, and there is no grief, and there is no mourning in the lessons appointed for Easter. 
The Sunday is about our redemption. And the focus has nothing to do with us and everything to do with Jesus. However, even when it is about us as well. It is all that he has done, he has done for you and for me. We are accustomed to hearing about the cross and the soldiers and the beatings and such. In our psalm, in Psalm 22, we have depicted for us the confrontation of the Lord with his adversary, the devil. And Jesus is not simply bearing the pains of crucifixion, although one should or could hardly describe the agonies of the cross with the word simply. Jesus is also bearing the wrath of God as depicted in the cry of, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he is dealing with the constant assault of the devil. Now, we do not hear about the devil directly in a scriptural account of the crucifixion. But we know that he see him in the monstrosity of the conduct of the men who surround Jesus. They delight. They delight in mocking an innocent man. And they take pleasure in beating the helpless. And there is absolutely no crime of which Jesus is guilty. And they don't care. He is going to be crucified. And that is all that they need to know. They are perfectly at ease torturing a man who is going to, do, going to die shortly. And the devil was surely delighting in being able to, to strike at God so personally, so directly. Now commentators, they, they tell us that the lion is a reference to the devil. And I believe that they're correct. Jesus had to wrestle not just with the awful physical realities of the crucifixion, but you can be sure that the devil was there, clearly seen by Jesus, as he taunted Jesus and heaped his own scorn and derision upon Jesus. And surely he tried to entice Jesus to use his power and exercise his divine authority to, to ease his pains or end the torments of the cross altogether. And one can... Devil came to Jesus after Jesus had fasted for 40 days and, and tried to entice him to use his power to feed himself. Well, he was surely there on Calvary to tempt Jesus with a, an easy way out. The quick end to the torments and the pain. Maybe even to cast the 
whole mission, the whole project aside in the face of such enormous suffering. He may have even tempted Jesus to strike out at those who caused him such enormous pain and torment. We hear, we hear a from 22nd Psalm, where he, and we understand why he cries out to the Father as the men, the human beings directed by Satan inflict such torment, such pain on Jesus throughout the Passion. The men, they were unreasoning and they were too powerful to be resisted or overcome unless, unless Jesus gave in to the temptations to exercise his divine powers and to set himself free, which we are thankful that he did not do. The call of our Lord is for God to sustain him and and to finally rescue him from the agonies of the cross. The battle that Jesus fought on the cross and in the passion was only partially visible to the naked eye. We need to go to the psalm of the crucifixion to understand that Jesus bore more than just the pains of the nails through his hands and feet. As awful as that, that must have been. And there were the physical and emotional rigors of the passion. He endured being separated from God, which is a, a fundamental torment of hell being out of the presence of God. He bore our sins, and, and because of them, he who is God was forsaken by God. It really must have been a tearing, a tearing of his, his psyche. It must have been a, an emotional burden, a spiritual agony, that was laid on top of all of that physical pain that the passion or the typical passion narratives describe for us. We read and we heard he bore the shame and the guilt and the wrath of God. He bore it all without the Father. And yet, without the encouragement, without the help, the presence, he was still God, the Son. And the mind reels. I, I can't, I can't figure it out. I can't calculate it. I really can't put myself in that, nor, nor can you. Then we, we add in to the tempting and the mocking by the devil. 
it must have been, there had to have been threats that this agony would go on forever. He had to have been doing that, throwing it at Jesus while he was suffering his estrangement from God. He was offered every terror, every terror we might be able to imagine, and then some. We know from the accounts in the Gospels that Jesus felt them beginning in Gethsemane, and yet he did not give in to them. He held on to his confidence in God resolutely, resolutely in the face of his suffering and abandonment. He kept his faith and he kept his focus on why he was there and who he was and who and what he was suffering for. And we can see that in his concern for others, like his mother and the thief on the cross next to him, the thief who prayed that Jesus would remember him when he came into his kingdom, and in his care that every word of Scripture prophesied about this great work was actually fulfilled. You've heard me say, It wasn't the nails that held him to the cross. It was his love for you and for me. From the psalm that Jesus never lost his According to the detailed plan of God, and even though he endured that abandonment, which the first verse in Psalm 22 describes, he continued to call on God. He continued to pray for strength, and he continued to look to God for deliverance. He continued as a man to fight the battle of faith, and he endured because he believed. Yes, he was also God, and yes, He had strength that you and I do not possess by nature. But we have the same tool that Jesus depended upon, and that is faith. We can endure by grace through faith because we have the word of God holding out that promise. Not easy. But when you look at the passion of our Lord, it was not easy or comfortable for him either. And he succeeded where mankind has failed because he is the Son of God. But he also promises to be with us always and to strengthen us and to give us the ability to succeed when we rely fully upon him. We will not have to face our torments, our portion of the cross, alone. Christ is always with us. So tonight, we remember the rigors of of Good Friday. Tonight, we remember the passion of our Lord from the point of view of the Son of God, 
facing our old evil foe and crying out for deliverance from the hands of mankind and the anguish of his abandonment from God the Father. This is the passion from a point of view which only Christ could have. And he shares it with us through the words of the psalmist. Be thou not far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Save me from the lion's mouth and deliver me from the horns of the wild oxen. My God, my God, hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And into your hands I commit my spirit. In the name of Jesus. Amen.